Alrighty, welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of Master the Prophetic. We have, of course, the one and the only, the prophesying machine, Apostle <laughs> Eckhart. We are excited for this show. We've done already Season 1, and you've many listened to it and tuned in over the last couple of weeks. And we're excited as we continue to uh, develop and program more and really get to understand and discover more in the prophetic. How are you doing, Apostle? Good, good. You know, I love the prophetic, so let's do this. Yes. So we're going to be talking about today on how to, for one, discern a prophetic word. And number two, how do you deal with a bad prophetic okay. word, whether you receive one or even if sometimes somebody told you, hey, your prophetic word was off. Well, first of all, let me say that when it comes to receiving a word from the Lord, <clears throat> from an individual, I, I use the principle of let the peace of God rule in your heart. Okay. That's a scripture. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. When, when a word is off wrong, <clears throat> you probably will not have peace about it deep in your spirit. And if you don't have peace about, if something is bothering you about the word, or if it's, of course, if it's contrary to the scripture, if it's something right. that's just crazy and just doesn't make sense, it doesn't take a lot to discern this person is not flowing in the spirit of God. Uh, but also, if, if you don't have peace about it, if something is troubling you about it, that could be a sign that the word may not be uh, from the Lord because God does not come to disturb our peace. Yeah, I think that sometimes people also, um, like you've taught us to just stay around certain panels or certain frameworks, if you would call it, which is edification, exhortation, yeah. and comfort. Now, do you encourage that for all believers or some believers that can deliver a word that can be correcting? And yeah. how does that work? Yeah, I believe anyone can de deliver a corrective word, um, a word of direction, but the primary foundational definition of prophecy is he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So it should be a, a word that edifies, builds you up, exhorts you, encourages you, or comforts you, brings you solace. That's the primary foundational um, benefit of prophecy. Um, <clears throat> more experienced prophetic voices can probably sometimes bring correction or direction, but yeah. the general prophetic word is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, I know that when you got started in the prophetic, you share this testimony all the time, how um, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but you had a prophet that came to the church and it said, your prophetic flow has been kind of like a brook, but now it's going to be a river. Was that the yeah, word? No, it was like a squirt, like you've been squirting out prophecies. <laughs> they said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a squirt. I was squirting out. I had a prophetic flow that every now and then I'd squirt, I'd squeak out a sure. prophecy. But after that word, which is another thing that the prophetic can do and a prophet can do, is they can activate and release certain right. gifts in your life that may not be flowing as well. And after that is when I really, really began to prophesy. Now, when you first started in your journey in the prophetic, was it what, 19... 1989. 89. I th those words, even me... Growing up in the church in the 2000s. Now, of course, I come from a Hispanic background, which are just extra religious. <laughs> no offense. But sometimes it's like when you go to the church, you only get a word for the house prophet. And it's like every six months that there'll be a release of a word. Have you seen a major change between now and then as far as like the amount of people that would prophesy in the church? Yes, yes. I've seen such an amazing increase. 
the prophetic has really, really been taught more, um, released more, activated more, more people are becoming, and really because of social media right. and um, the, the, the way that we can get books and recordings out, teachings out, and people are no longer limited to their local church because if, there was a time if you didn't hear it in your local church, you wouldn't get it. You didn't get it unless yeah. you went out and bought a book. But now people are experiencing more teaching, more revelation through social media, through podcasts like this right. or different ways of hearing it. So it's, it's really, really spreading. And there's just a number of people that are flowing prophetically now. Yeah. And then when you started prophesying or when you discovered the prophetic, how did you start? Like what, where did you, did you just start buying books or did you travel to conferences at that time or? Well, no, we had a, we had a church that we connected with that actually came to our church, brought a team and began to activate us in the prophetic. Got that it. was really the beginning of moving more in the prophetic. Now, we've had some interaction with some of the people that have said, well, what happens when you receive a prophetic word that's off? Do you have to confront it? Do you have to say something? Do you just leave yeah, it alone? Not necessarily. You know, I've gotten words that, and, and, and again, I, I want to make this distinction. If a prophetic word is off, it doesn't mean the person is a false prophet. Right. It could just be bad prophetics. Um, and so I've received words and I knew it wasn't really God, but it wasn't anything major. I just ignored it. If a person is walking around giving bad prophetic words all the time, then that person may need to be challenged and confronted because okay. they can really cause a lot of problems Damage. in the prophetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard, especially when somebody gets a prophetic word, a new believer in the church and the prophetic word was off because they can discourage the person as a new believer. So it's really a hard thing to balance. Now, I know that there are listeners that may be discouraged because of a prophetic word that they have gotten that was off, but I love what you said one time during preaching. I think I've heard you say it multiple times that you've heard more bad preaching than you've heard bad prophecy. Yes. I've heard more bad sermons. I've heard more bad singing yes. than I've heard bad prophecy, but I don't stop listening to, to the singing and, and preaching because there was something bad. But prophecy is a bit different because people look at prophecy in a different way because, you know, the, 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 the major element about prophecy is that it should come from God. And so that, that's the distinction that if a person gives an off word, they must be a false prophet. Right. And that's why people are hesitant to really tolerate any kind of bad prophetics. But I've heard a lot of bad prophetic words. And it, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's not, your, your life is not coming to an end because someone gave an off word. So right. I tell people to just to relax, calm down, and keep it moving. Yeah. Now I want to get into some uncharted territory. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I know we don't talk about this often, but in 2020 when the election was happening, there was a lot of bad prophecy. And we had a lot of major governmental people that would not you know, I say, I don't want to, how do I say it? I don't want tell, don't apologize if your prophetic word was wrong, essentially. You know, how do you deal with that, especially in the age of social media? I mean, we're talking to thousands of people from our living room, and this can be something that could really hurt the church, especially now. I mean, we are in such, like you said, more people are prophesying than there's ever been. How do you deal with that? Because it's a really... I've heard so many conversations around this topic yes. and it's really difficult too. Yes. People. I do want to um, respect some of the voices that of did apologize. I think that that's integrity, especially if you're a public figure and you prophesied that a person was going to win the election and they didn't. 
and they did come back and say right. I missed it. I, I, I but I and do, I think quite a few of them did. Yeah, some of them did. Yeah. But the ones who said I will not apologize, I think what it does not only was your word off, but now people look at you as not being accountable and not being humble enough to admit that you're wrong. And I think that that does more damage to your your credibility as a prophetic voice right, yeah. because people are just not looking at what you say. They're looking at your character. And if your character is not one of humility, admitting you're wrong, then people can then say, well, I, I really can't trust what you're saying because you've shown me that even when you're wrong, you're not willing to admit it. Yeah, and that's kind of hard because I had a lot of people that were, like I had this specific guy um, that I was helping in New York who's a young believer, new in the prophetic, and he looked up so much at some of those prophetic voices. But I told him, I said, I think that you kind of look at them also like an idol. And I think that uh, the prophetic, you can also make an idol of a person. You can. Just, it's just a man. You know, yes. At the end of the day, you're still a man who's going to make mistakes. You're going to have certain things that you're dealing with. And I think you can't put your entire dependency on a person. Exactly. Your foundation for the prophetic should be Jesus. And it should be God who you deal with. So I think that that's something that's really key. Now, I want to share a couple of stories that people have said, um, because I think it's funny. Uh, one time you were in a prophetic activation and somebody came up to you right before your flight and said, I, see, I have a prophetic word for you. And you said, this is just not what you yeah. want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I was flying out the next day and they walked up and said, I see, a, I see you getting on a plane and I see the plane crashing. <laughs> catching on fire wow what a word <laughs> and so when you hear a word like that you, you you say well you know should i cancel my flight the next day should i change my <laughs> flight is this a warning from god so you really have to ask god how do you feel about this yeah. and um and so i got on the flight and it, obviously it didn't crash and burn because i'm here <laughs> and i've never been on a flight that crashed and burned so <laughs> thank god so but you know some people they look at the prophetic, uh, their whole conception of the prophetic is to bring warnings to people. Right. Especially something's bad going to happen to you. The Lord says, watch out for this, beware of this. And that's their whole perception of the prophetic. And I think that when they minister prophetic, they think they have to bring this word. There's an earthquake coming. There's Like the word is always corrective. It's doom and gloom. And I think that. Let me, let me give you yeah. another example. I was in preaching in, in the Virgin Islands probably almost 30 years ago. And a major, major uh, leader in the Pentecostal movement in the Caribbean gave a date and said that a earthquake was coming to the island. Wow. And gave the exact date. That's pretty bold. Yes. And <laughs> so they were, and so, since this person was a well-known leader, they came to me and said, well, what do you think about this? You know, should we be concerned? Should we prepare? Right, should we? yeah. And I said, well, you know, you have to be very careful with those kinds of words because it, it might not happen. If it does happen, you know, it, of course he was right. Well, the day came and nothing happened. And so, it, you know, <laughs> but they were really, really concerned yep. and afraid that something was or, going to happen. Or what was the name of the other person? I can't remember, but the one that said that the world was going to end by a certain day. And I used to have a friend that used to live across the street from people that believe the same philosophy. And they sold their house. They sold everything. And now you're without anything. Yeah. So I can Yeah, those end of the world <laughs> prophecies, end of the world dates often comes because of a bad eschatology. eschatology. And if your eschatology is bad, 
your prophetic is probably going to be bad as well. Because your doctrine sometimes does affect your prophetic flow. Sure, you prophesy according to the proportion of your faith. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were trying to stay away from eschatology, but we, you know, we understand that it's always going to be something. Yeah, the end of the world prophecy is going to be around forever. Yeah, it, 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 and, and it, it continues to this day, people giving dates. You know, the world is coming to an end. Something major is happening. Yeah. And it comes, like then the Y2K, like, the Y2Hulk, Y2K right. thing. Yeah. Then you have prophets like Kim Clement who prophesied about Katrina and different major historical events that were pretty accurate. And I think it takes a certain, it takes a certain type of gift, I would say, that God has to be like more of a governmental prophet. Yeah. Do you see those coming a lot and go or not really? Yeah, I think that with that case, often in the prophetic, there are also words of knowledge that flow. Okay. And words of wisdom. So you think it's like a, a mix of both operations? Yeah, I believe that time. in the prof prophecy can be other gifts. It's usually through the prophet's ministry, word of knowledge, word of wisdom can come out through the, the prophetic can be like a container that contains words of knowledge and words of wisdom. So it's more than just strictly prophecy. There are other gifts that flow. Even healing and deliverance can operate through prophecy. So yeah, in that case, I think it's more word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Yeah. Now, I think that this is a super valuable point for anybody that might be new in the prophetic. How would you um, encourage somebody that's new in the prophetic? They're just starting to get their gifts um, stirred. Where could they begin to understand prophecy? Somebody that's just a novice. Well, I believe to get some good foundational books on prophecy. Okay. Um, I've written a book called Master the Prophetic. Um, I've written several books on the prophetic. Master the Prophetic is a basic manual. That gives terms. The prophet's manual. I'm sorry. The, yeah, the prophet's manual. Thank you. The prophet's manual. And um, I believe that you know, just to learn the basics, the definitions, the scriptural basis for it, uh, there's really no substitute for teaching and being knowledgeable of this subject. Um, I believe that when you begin to do that, you begin to become more aware of the prophetic and you provide a good framework to operate in it scripturally and accurately. Yeah. Now, we've got some questions from some of the people that are listening. It says... How do you know, uh, this is Lydia, how do you know when God is speaking and is not yourself? Like oftentimes, I guess, people confuse the voice of God with themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty common. You know, I think that when it comes to hearing the voice of God, it's, it's, it's a process in which you grow in. Okay. And as you begin to hear God's voice, it's like Samuel was a, a young man. God sp spoke to him and he kept going to... Eli, he confusing it for Eli. Yeah, he voice. didn't. He didn't know. He didn't know the voice of God, and so I think there's some things you learn over a period of time, and um, when you first start hearing the voice of God, you learn and you grow in this area, um, and and the more you grow in it, the more you can distinguish whether it's something what God is telling you something or whether it's something that comes from you. So I, I do think it is a growth process, right? Um, and you have to begin somewhere, learn, and sometimes God speaks to you. And you doubt, you think it's you, and then what, what he said happens, and then you begin to realize that wasn't me, that was God. And the more you develop that, the more you grow in it, I believe the more you, you become accurate in knowing the difference between your voice and God's voice. So it is a growing process. So don't, don't feel confused if when you first start off, you have a problem distinguishing the two. Keep growing, keep right. listening. And keep developing yourself in this area, and you'll become much more aware when God is speaking. Now, do you think that God can also talk to your reference points? Like, if you see specifically for seers, I know that one time, let's say I said, I see the color red. Red for me means courage. For somebody else, it might mean, you know, the blood or boldness. So, this, I think that as long as you stay within those, 
like you said, containers, you can't really miss a word. It is hard to deliver it wrong because God's speaking to you about what you know, like right. your own definitions. Yeah, he speaks to you in your frame of reference. Yeah. Uh, how, the symbols that mean certain things to you, experiences that you've had, and God can speak to you using those particular references. So he may speak to you in a way that you can understand it, and another person may not quite understand it because they don't have the same, you know, they're different cultures, different sure. backgrounds. Uh, all of us grew up. So God does deal with us as individuals. Wow. I think that's really um, good for people that are just starting. I know that me and my wife were laughing last night because she has so many dreams. She dreams all the time. And of course, seers. And we were saying how for her, she'll have a defi- a dream about a bag, but it's a, it's a, um, a brand bag. So God talks to her in her own, right. in her own language, in her own desires and her own likes. So, it's yeah, really because easy. someone in another culture, country who's never had a brand bag, they God no showed idea. them that they wouldn't know what it was. So yeah, it's, it depends on your your upbringing and your background and your culture. Yeah. Now somebody asked the question and said, "How does how do you know whether you're called to the prophetic or not?" And I think that for me, everybody should prophesy. Yes. To a certain dimension, everybody should be prophetic. Yes. You see this in Numbers when Moses took the spirit that was on the elders and put it upon everybody. And Acts 2, that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It's all the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a prophetic spirit. So you right. can't be full of the Holy Ghost and not have some element of the prophetic in your life. Yeah. I think that, you know, there are some of these questions that I'm realizing is that we're still in some areas where the prophetic is always growing and becoming new to somebody. Yeah. And so it's never going to be an ever-ending process where you'll just never have somebody new. Um, I know people that are in their 70s who never heard the voice of God and have never received a prophetic word. And I want to ask them, what church you've been to? Yeah. <laughs> you're living under a rock or something. Yeah. You're hiding. And it's just difficult. Yeah, it's called church under the rock. <laughs> I could never, <laughs> as much as we hear the voice of God and as much as we prophesied and received pro- around prophetic minister, I can't imagine a day where we don't have the voice of God Yeah, anymore. you can't imagine living your life without the prophetic, because it's such a part of your life. Um, I, I, I have a, I call it the new normal, mm, where the good. voice of God should be the new normal for your life. Right. When you first start hearing it's different, it's not normal, it's extraordinary. Then but you get acquainted to you it. You become acquainted to the voice. And that's not to make it common, because right. God can always do something unusual in your life, but it should be the, the normal. Really, the, I tell you what, the problem is, we don't even know what a normal believer is right? because our, our belief system has been so below the standard of being spirit filled that when you begin to walk in the spirit, people think you're deep, you're spooky, right? but it should be the, the norm for every yeah, spirit filled believer. Spirit filled believer should not be abnormal. It exactly. should be something that's a requirement for, yes. for everybody. That is so true that it's come to a place where you can't have too much God because it's not weird. Like recently we looked at different types of people that are, have platforms that they were being, you know, brought into the spotlight for making our own decision and publicizing something on social media. And their response was, well, that was too religious. You're a public figure. Yeah. There's a standard, there's a moral standard. So how can we judge you? But I think that's a, a whole different conversation, but it does value into the prophetic. Well, we're going to wrap this uh, one episode up guys. Thank you so much for being a part of, of it and we will see you guys on the other we are on the final months of 2022 don't go into another year without hearing the voice of god 
go to www.impactuniversity.com to download your free copy of our brand new Master the Prophetic devotional to help you hear the voice of God for your now season and your future. Feel free to text us your questions on the prophetic, deliverance, or any other subject at 773-923-0451. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.